we talk a lot about ESG. It's the buzzword on Wall Street and the hottest trend in investing. At its core is this belief that elites, scientists, politicians, academics, they all know what life should be like and what's best for us. They want our investments, the money that we in the unwashed masses have, to finance their utopian visions. They tell us that we're under serious threat. Before COVID, the big bads were climate change, racism, sexism. So they created an investment strategy called ESG. The E stands for environment, the S is social, and the G is governance. But if you've been a regular viewer of this program, you realize that the E really means eliminate fossil fuels and lower your standard of living. The S is social justice critical race theory, and the G is a gender and race quota. It's an agenda, but it's really a gimmick. We know that while some ESG investors are sincere, many others are blatant hypocrites. They're pushing ESG to make a better world, while at the same time they're selling us out to China. Think about that. Those pushing ESG are also shoving money into communist China, which is terrible for E, S, and G. The Chinese communists are the worst polluters on the planet. They repress their population with social credit scores and even forced human organ harvesting. As for governance, all companies must serve the Chinese Communist Party. That's not good for shareholders. We've explained ESG as an investment movement and how hypocritical it is. But now we're wrapping up a series that breaks it all down. We've already covered the E and the S. Now we're going to show you the scam of the G. We'll do another series soon that talks about our preferred alternative, LSV, that stands for Liberty, Security, and Values. Here's the question. What's in your portfolio? Governance. It sounds so official, and the way it's described, it seems essential. The problem is not with the reality that we need governance. It's with the idea that the elite want to dictate how everything is run. And they often do so in a way that gives them more power and us less liberty while they promise better results. All that comes at the expense of free markets and the expense of your personal liberty. They use gimmicks. They exploit real issues to usher in their brand of socialism with themselves at the top. Sadly, the whole of ESG investing is based on gimmicks. Clearly, there are real cases of racism and sexism, but a lot of the modern claims are nonsense, like claiming that babies, proper grammar, math, or French food are racist. Not long ago, you could just laugh off the bizarre claims, but no longer. Social justice has become institutionalized through ESG investing, and the G gimmick is how they intend to permanentize it. The big managers, like BlackRock, now insist that companies adopt ESG, and they will vote their shares against management or even dump shares to achieve their objective. To help explain the challenge we face, we welcome our friend, the Honorable Ken Blackwell, back to the economic war room. Welcome, Ken. Kevin, it's good to be with Thank you. Thank you. Ken, you packed about a dozen stellar careers into your single resume. You've been a mayor, a secretary of state, a business leader. You were also a director at one of America's largest and most successful banks, Fifth Third Bank. So you know a little bit about governance and the governance things that are happening. But can you give your perspective on this governance mandate that started in California that says every board must have at least one woman one minority, and preferably a LGBTQ minority. What's your perspective? Well, let's, let's put it in context, Kevin. Look, 
Aristotle uh, framed it best. He said that there was a dynamic tension between the organized power of the state and individual liberty. Well, that's between individuals and the big state of the nation, the, the government. But you know, with, within organizations, there is a governance structure. Uh, and Lewis Carroll, through his character Humpty Dumpty said, he who defines is the master. And so one of the things that the radical left has tried to do through governance structures is to define or redefine our existence, our humanity. Uh, and, you know, as is the case with most authoritarian, totalitarian governments and big welfare states, they attempt to drive God and faith out of the public square. And so what we've seen over the last 40 years is the march of relativism. Uh, and so there's an abandonment of moral absolute. There is an abandonment of any belief in a moral design that has come from our creator as opposed to, you know, these artificial governance structures. Uh, and so that's what we're, we're, we're in a real battle for defining who we are. Uh, and what they would like to do is to truncate our human agency and make us pawns, humanoids, you know, that actually fit into little slots. You know, we're pegs that fit into slots that they have designed uh, and put us in. It's just crazy. Well, it's not very moral. I'll tell you, that sounds immoral, what, what, what they're doing. Uh, but the NASDAQ, the, the SEC is pushing this. The NASDAQ is mandating it. Corn Ferry and other big recruiting firms seem to have bought into it. McKinsey's done a study that claims that it improves profits if you mandate it and put the pegs there. Uh, but there's a Texas A&M professor who did a study and, and with another professor at the University of North Carolina, and they say that's not true. They, they side with you and say that it's, more, it's better to have the humanity, to have individuals with their liberty making the choices. Uh, absolutely. Look, 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 Kevin. Look, look, it's 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 very clear. One of the two of the things that big totalitarian uh, and authoritarian governments do is that they drive God and faith out of the public square, and they actually try to destroy the family. The family is the incubator of 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 liberty, uh, and so if you drive God out of the public square and you crush the family, it is these artificial governance structures, whether you're talking about at a bank or in Washington, D.C., that actually are the real threat uh, to the, the, the soul of our constitutional republic, and it's a real threat uh, to, our individual, to our individual liberty. Uh, and what, 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 they would, what they would have would be people who are afraid to push push back, afraid to take the risk of, of liberty, find so much comfort in the status quo that we accept anything. Uh, and what they're finding out is that that's not working. People are waking up to their game. It's not going to work. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, I'll have two questions for you, Ken. One is, doesn't the free market solve the problem of racial and sex uh, gender 
um, inequality. And second, is diversity of skin color more important or diversity of ideas? So when we come back, we'll talk about those. Ken, I know you've been on many boards, both public and private. I've got a question. Which is more important, diversity of outward appearance, such as skin color, or diversity of thoughts and ideas to bring success? It's diversity of thought and ideas. It is the diversity and the human spirit. We are as different as individuals, as, as snowflakes. And, but the, the reality is that we are all have been invested with human dignity. Uh, and, and, and therefore, sliding us with this artificial um, criteria of skin color will fall flat on its face. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's destined uh, to, to failure. Yeah, well, and yet the far left, including President Biden, tell us that you have to think a certain way or you can't be considered black. You ain't black unless uh, you're voting for me. And they do the same thing to women. Unless you're a radical feminist, you're not really a woman. And by the way, you don't even have to be biologically a woman to qualify. Aren't they looking more for uniformity of ideology with the appearance of diversity? Oh, absolutely. What, what they want is conformity. And, and they want you to conform to their worldview, uh, to their rules, uh, to, to their advantage. Uh, and, and, and therefore, uh, what, we see, what we're experiencing in our country now is no different than the Chinese Communist Party in China, you know, or the old uh, Soviet Union. That is to actually not see diversity of thought and diversity of our individuality as being a real driver uh, within the context of freedom and creation and innovation. Now, you're right. Mandates or quotas, whatever you call them, they don't produce true diversity. Ken, the corporate world should be beating down your door, uh, given your experience and knowledge. But I know many of the boards that you're on are, are, are private. They're, they're nonprofits, and they, they gain a lot from your wisdom, your experience, your knowledge. Uh, but the big corporations, they don't come beating down your door because you don't live up to their stereotype. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't. You know, and, and, and one of the things I... I, I I do is I learn from from wise people, and you know uh, the great baseball legend Satchel Paige, you know said you know it's very difficult uh, to steal second base if you want to keep one foot on first base, and I've always been one who will take a break for freedom and and liberty and human dignity because I know that our our rights our human rights our fundamental rights are not grants from government, they're gifts from God. Uh, and the, the woke corporations uh, that are publicly traded might not want to hear that, but I'm not going any place and I'm not going to shut up. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. It's fantastic. You know, I've, I've got all these articles here. One of them talks about how when they mandated women going on boards, that the women weren't sure if they were there because they were most qualified or if they were a token. And I think that's a form of bigotry that really is damaging uh, to a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Clarence Thomas and I used to talk about this all of the time when we were upstarts. You know, we wanted to be uh, in our positions because we had competed and we had shown that we were we were the best. If in fact we were just put there because of our skin color, 
people would never really appreciate the contributions that we make or could make. Yeah, now there's this, I've got this article here uh, where academic union allows members to self-identify as black, disabled, or opposite sex. How nutty is that if you can self-identify, but it's okay to self-identify as long as you have the same woke thoughts, as long as you have the conformity of your thinking, which is just destroys the value of diversity. Uh, it, it, it really does. You know, uh, uh, again, uh, freedom, if in fact we are left to the context of human liberty, uh, we will be diverse enough. You know, and, and that is to say that what has always been in the forefront of our thinking is to break down false barriers to opportunity. But there's nothing that is more distressing than this notion that you can, in fact, pick winners by their skin color. And that's why it's discrimination, pure and simple, just like critical race theory is now state-sponsored racism. And that means that we're going backwards no, no, as a nation. No question. And the best way to produce uh, genuine diversity, free markets, you mentioned liberty, and education, real education, not critical race theory, but real education. And good example is women. They're dominating college degrees all the way up to doctorates right now, massively compared to men. And the result is that women are advancing and now make up 30% of all directors on the boards of the S&P 500. And not only that, but 47% of new board members are black, Asian, or Hispanic. And this is without a mandate. They just put the mandate in. That's up from 14% a decade ago to 47% today. So free markets do solve this problem. Do we need the heavy hand of government? We, we, we don't. Meritocracies work. And that's what's driven innovation. That's what's actually advanced uh, our progress as a nation. In 245 years, you know, we have in fact seen tremendous progress in this country in terms of opportunity, but we've also seen that that freedom has, and that diversity has driven our economy to being the most robust in all of human history. If we can keep it out of the, 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 the clumsy hands and minds of Joe Biden and, and like-minded folks. Well, Ken Blackwell, you're a gift to this nation from God. We appreciate it. I appreciate the friendship that we've had over the years. I appreciate the leadership that you've given to the conservative movement. You're really talking liberty, morality. You're talking about really the best, bringing out the best in human beings. And I'm forever grateful to the contributions that you're making to our world. Thank you, Ken Blackwell. Right back at you, brother. We're wrapping up our study on the evils of ESG. As with all of ESG, the G, it sounds good, but it's a scam. G is a gender, race, sexual preference quota system. It's not about ideological diversity. In fact, it requires conformity above all else. You can even self-identify. Here's the article. Academic union allows members to self-identify as black, disabled, or opposite sex. That's crazy. But if you poll the current views, the proper views, the ones that they want to force on you, ah, it's okay. You can be black if you want to be black. You just have to think this way. In the free markets and education, we're already solving the race and um, really gender problems that we had. We have genuine diversity building, but that's not the point. 
The real goal is to take control of corporate America. ESG is about weaponizing your money against your values. The E is to force climate change and global warming as if it's the primary purpose of all of corporate America. If it's a climate emergency, they get control of everything over every aspect of production and you're not allowed to object. This allows total control over the means of production. That's what the Marxists dreamt of. In China, the law says that every company must serve the Chinese Communist Party. Here, the goal is to make all corporations serve the intellectual elites, the leftists, the Marxists. This is fascism to implement Marxism. The S stands for social justice. They're forcing corporations to adopt critical race theory as a means toward the Marxist state. And they're funding the critical race education taking place in colleges and high schools and elementary schools. Do you ever wonder why the brands that you love and buy have suddenly become enforcers of woke? Why? They do that because they're being funded to do that. That's why. The S in ESG, if you object, you're labeled a racist. Now we've covered the G. It's an excuse to place those who ideologically fall in line at the top of every major corporation in America to make permanent the Marxist takeover. It's not about helping minorities. It's not about advancing women. It's about an agenda. But that agenda is not what most investors want. Despite the lies, there is no proof that mandating gender or racial diversity improves performance. True diversity probably does make a difference but that would require ideological diversity rather than groupthink. And if diversity improves results, the free market's going to reward it. Smart investors are gonna shift their company, their investment from non-diverse companies to truly diverse companies. There's no need for a quota system. We've done polling. We've asked investors, what do you want? They want better performance, but they don't want ESG forced on them. In fact, given a choice, they far prefer liberty, security, and values, which we call ELSV. People want LSV, not ESG. So let's take a look at the performance of our stock market, and let's compare it to Europe over the past couple of decades. Because the Europeans bought into all this woke stuff, and they bought into it 20 plus years ago, and they have a top-down regulatory state that enforces it. They've implemented the provisions of ESG, and the net results, well, dare I say it, they suck compared to ours. Here's a 20-year chart comparing the results of the S&P 500, these are the top 500 companies in America, to the stocks, S-T-O-X-X, which represents the top 600 European companies. The purple line here shows American stocks, and the black line shows European stocks. You can see American stocks have far and away performed better. That's because ESG doesn't really aid performance. Yeah, it looks like that a while, and you'll see studies on it, because ESG's thrown a lot of money into big companies like Google and Apple and Facebook, and claiming that, well, you know, they're, they're all woke and, and good and everything else. And yes, those have been among the best performers in the market. But there will come a time at which those are not the best performers. And over the long term, the principles of liberty, security, and values will far outperform ESG, we believe. Now, Nobody can predict where the market's going, and I'm not making a prediction here. I can just say that mandates hamper economic performance, and when the government gets involved, the economies perform worse. We see that in Heritage Foundation studies and everything else. And let me say again, it's not about performance to these people. It's about control. I have good news, though. 
we can fight back. In fact, here's a lawsuit that National Center has pulled up. This is National Center. We've talked to Justin Danhoff in the show a couple of times. He's a great friend of the program. National Center is a great friend of the program. National Center, represented by New Lib- Civil Liberties Alliance, argues that the SEC lacks the authority to establish quotas. The SEC's regulatory authority established by the 1934 Securities and Exchange Act is limited to regulation of securities to ensure honest markets and to enforce federal laws that punish fraud. The lawsuit asserts that approving market rules establishing quotas for boards of directors exceeds that limited authority. We can fight back. And Justin Danoff and the National Center are fighting back. You know who else? StopCorporateTyranny.org. They're fighting back. It's a whole coalition. I'm a part of it. And there are great people in that coalition that are working, people that we've introduced you to, like the author uh, of um, the author of the Dictatorship of Woke Capital, Stephen Sukup, and others that are fighting back on your behalf. The problem is that we're funding the nonsense with our investments now, as well as our tax dollars and our spending. So we've taken the polls. People don't want ESG. They prefer LSV, Liberty, Security, and Values. So how do we get there? We weaponize our money. If you have a financial advisor, he or she is inundated with the ESG push. Turn on CNBC any morning or pick up a copy of the Wall Street Journal. ESG is everywhere, even if you don't want it. It's likely already in your portfolio. What you need to do You need to call your advisor right away and say that you want the ESG out of your portfolio. Tell him or her that you want to invest in liberty, security, and values. If they haven't heard of this, invite them to watch this series. We've done a program on ES&G. Or send them the free economic battle plan that accompanies this episode. Then, we need you to nominate your advisors for training at economicwarroom.com forward slash advisor. If you already have an advisor that's willing to serve you and provide what you want, fantastic. Just help them get educated. But if they're not willing to serve you, if they're not willing to invest in a way to protect your values, protect your family, are you sure you want to be paying them to serve you? There are plenty of others that are willing to help, that want to help, that want to learn all about woke capital and how to avoid it, to invest in the best things that are going to help preserve our culture. And this is a big deal. In fact, it's your way to stand up and be heard. Economic War Room plans to train 10,000 financial advisors over the course of five years, and we desperately need your help. So we're going to make it really simple. We're going to make the training available at Liberty University. And you can just nominate your advisor and send them to our, go to economicwarroom.com forward slash advisor and tell them, get the training so that you can make sure that my liberty, security, and values are protected. And if you work with a trained advisor, you can weaponize your money. No longer must you be forced to fund politically correct Marxist ideology. No longer will you have to just take whatever garbage that Wall Street shoves out there. We together can make a genuine difference, but we need your help. In World War II, during the Battle of Dunkirk, there came a moment where the small ships were desperately needed to turn the tide. Ordinary men and women answered the call and they saved the day. That's the history of Dunkirk. This is such a time here and now. Now, if you're a regular viewer of this program, then you are likely already signed up. You get our economic battle plans every week. 
It's an online, online newsletter that includes a recap and an action plan for each episode, including this one. But if you're not a regular viewer or subscriber, you can sign up and we'll send you an email every week that'll tell you exactly what we covered in our show, what you can do about it, and you get the action plan, the economic battle plan. You can subscribe free for this at economicwarroom.com. Just look for the Get the Battle Plan link. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is true with your investments and everything else. So get educated, get informed, send us your advisors, and let's work together to save America. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room. 